It's your girl Maserati Niche, and you are tuned in into the What Niche Speaks podcast, where I am bringing you and giving you financial game so that you can understand and obtain financial gain. Let's go. So last week, what did we talk about? We talked about the five factors that make up a credit score. We talked about your payment history. We talked about your credit utilization. We talked about the age of your credit and how important that is. We talked about new credit and what that contributes to your credit score. And last and not least, we talked about the mixed use credit, how important it is for you to have some revolving lines of credit and for you to have some installment lines of credit. So right now, what I want to jump into is, okay, now that you know what makes up the credit score, why is your credit score so important? Let's talk about that. So you may say, well, I think my credit score is important because I want to buy a house one day, and from what I hear, I need good credit. Or simply because I just want to go and purchase a car. Well, yes, that is exactly true. America is ran off of what? Credit. So let me ask you this question. Why are we brown people? Why are we the last people in the U.S. to understand exactly what credit is? Why don't we have any education on it? Why aren't we knowledgeable on it? Why isn't it taught in our school systems? Like, why? When you graduate, why is it so much easier? Or let's just rewind. When you go to college, why is it so easy for you to obtain a student loan, but it's super-duper hard for you to get a business loan? Like, let's just talk about that right there. Let's just talk about how the banks are in business to make money off of you. Let's just talk about how 70% of the money that you are depositing with the bank goes into their pockets. What does that mean? Only 30% of your deposits are going into a reserved account where it's actually, you know, there. The 70% of that is going out to lend to other people. And what do they do? They put interest on it. And what does that interest do? That interest brings in money because that is what the banks are making off of your money. So everybody's benefiting from this credit thing but you. So let's talk about how you can leverage it. What's up with that, right? We want to know how can we get to a bag. So you know Nish going to tell you all how to get to a bag, right? First things first, it's bigger than you just, you know, buying a car. Yes, we all want to ball out. But I don't really want you to ball out until you get your finances in order. It has to make sense. Every single purchase that you make needs to be backed by an asset that's going to generate some sort of revenue coming in for you. Rather, if it's rental income, residual, rather, if it's you, you know, investing into a company and now you have equity and you may get a payment quarterly, or rather, if it's just you investing into your side hustle, that's going to generate enough money to be able to pay this expensive car note that you're going to, you know, get. So, Let's talk about leveraging it in a way that makes sense, that you're using the bank's money to bring in more money, not the bank's using your money to bring in more money. So first things first, we want to make sure that we're developing a banking relationship. So what does that look like? So when I talk about um, business credit, you are more likely to get approved with, you are more likely to approve for a business credit card, business line of credit, and business loan if you have a relationship with that bank. So what is a relationship? A relationship is simply you opening up a checking account. A relationship is you going and even if you can't get approved right now for a secure card, I mean, if you can't get approved right now for an unsecured credit card or unsecured line of credit, you go and you establish the relationship by simply doing a secured card or a secured loan. 
once you once you have start to establish that relationship, now you're locked in. You also want to get a checking account. You want to get a savings account. You want to make sure that you're depositing into this account. You want to make sure that the money is being moved around so that the account is active. People don't even know that you get a certain amount of points when you have an active business account or active personal account versus an inactive. So they'll look at it and say, okay, you have an account, but there's no money coming in and out. Or, okay, we see that you have an account. There's money coming in. There's money coming out. There's money coming in. You're depositing in your savings. You have your, you know, your credit card. You're using it. You're making sure that the payments are on time. Um, you're paying us back, you know, and, and things are happening. So that's building the relationship that you want because later the ultimate goal is for you to go back and say, hey, Listen, y'all see that I have a checking account. I manage it well. I deposit my money into the savings account. Things are rolling. I use my credit cards. I'm making my payments on time. Can I have a $50,000 line of credit? So now you take that $50,000 line of credit, and what do you do with it? Well, there's tons of things that you can do with it. Um, two of the actual business lines of credit that I have um, are from KeyBank, one of my great great banking relationships um i actually know them personally i have a banker a business banker that i specifically deal with there and um my lines of credit are interest only so what does that look like well when you have a payment that you're making on um a home loan well basically any type of payment that you have obtained from the bank or finance company of course there's going to be interest on that actual loan amount so let's say you want to borrow a hundred thousand, right? So the hundred thousand is actually what you're borrowing. But once you pay that off over time, because if you're getting a loan, you're going to say they're going to say, "Hey, we'll give you this hundred thousand, but we're requiring you to pay eight hundred dollars a month, and you're going to pay this eight hundred dollars a month until you make your last payment and you have a zero balance." So now I'm making these payments, but guess what? They didn't just give me money because they like me and I'm this nice person and I showed that I'm responsible with paying my bills. They want to make money off of me ultimately. So they're going to give me the 100000 and by the time I pay it back by making those monthly installment payments over a period of time, I didn't pay back 115000 So, And that's because there was interest on that actual loan amount that I borrowed. And that interest is going to also determine how much of my payment that I'm making monthly is actually going to the amount that I borrowed. And then how much of that payment is going towards the interest. So the payment that I have on my business lines of credit, which I have two with KeyBank, one is for 45000 The other one is for 35000 No, no, no. 40, 50, no, I'm sorry. One is for 40000 One is for 35000 and it's interest only. So I can literally make that interest payment and not have to pay down my principal. But who wants to do that? Because ultimately, every month I'm only paying interest. I'm not paying down that actual loan amount. So it's good, though, if I plan to invest in like a real estate project. So let's say I know that, you know, I want to do a flip real quick. So I'm going to use that 50 to basically use use that 50 as a down payment for my loan that I'm going to do with my private lender. So I'm going to go to the private lender and I'm going to say, hey, I need money to purchase this house and I also need money to fix this house up. So I'm going to the private lender and I'm telling the private lender I need 150. The private lender actually is only going to give me 90% of that 150. So I have to come up with the remaining balance or the difference rather. So I go and I get the difference 
by borrowing it from my business line of credit. Now, although this business line of credit is a revolving account, the business line of credit does not report on my personal credit, which is good because the credit utilization is not going to be impacted. And I told you all about that in the first episode, how important that personal utilization is to have it below 30%. So now I take this $50,000 line and I use it towards um, the $150,000 loan. So I need to come up with 10%, which 10% is 15000 So now I have this 15000 that I borrowed off my line. And I'm using it to get started with my with my flip. So now I have the money to bring to the table for closing. And now the hard money lender or the private lender is going to give me the 150 to purchase this house and to fix it and to rehab it and to put it back on the market. Now, I borrowed the 150, but the house may be actually worth 225. So now once I sell this house, I'm going to pay back the private lender, the 150. I'm going to pay back my line of credit. And then I walk away with the remaining profit. Now, the interest-only payments are good for those type of situations because it's requiring me to spend the least amount of money out of pocket as possible while I am purchasing the house and doing the rehab. And sometimes a rehab could take three to four months, depending on how good your crew is or your team is um, and how fast they get the ball rolling. So the object is to get the house done as quickly as possible because we don't want to keep paying this monthly payment on this line forever. Okay. So we want to get in and get out, pay everybody back and keep it moving with the bag. And that's how it works. So that's what I mean when I say it's way bigger than you just purchasing a home, which we definitely want you to become a homeowner. Cause I, promote that all the time. I would rather you be a homeowner than to be renting and wasting money. At least if you're a homeowner and you're making your mortgage payments, you are gaining equity in your property every single year. So what is that? What is equity? Well, equity, let's look at equity as if it's money. It's a gain. So if you bought your property for 150,000, um, and the value of that house is 150,000. Next year the value might go up to 152,000. And then next year it may go up to 153,000. Next year 156. So your your actual property itself is gaining value. So it's bigger than you just having, you know, a car and you know, getting these credit cards and buying your bags, pocketbooks, ladies, we like the Chanel and all that. It's bigger than that. It's all about leveraging. We got a question? Okay, so we got a question. So let's go. Okay, so what is the difference between a business line and a business credit card? So let's be clear. Both of them are revolving accounts. So what is a revolving account? A revolving account is a revolving cycle. It's basically somebody extends to you a line of credit. Um, let's say you get a $10,000 business credit card from Chase. Chase gives you this $10,000 credit card, and you may use it, right? So now when you use it, you're credit limit, you're utilizing your credit limit. So you use this line of credit, the $10,000 line of credit, you use 5,000. So how much do you have left on that card? You have 5,000. But then when the, when the billing statement comes, which it comes every 30 days for you to make a payment, you have the option of paying the minimum payment or you have the option of paying a full balance. So what happens when you pay that 5,000? Now you have 10,000 available again. So that is a continuous revolving cycle. It doesn't close out, it just continuously happens. Every time you use it, you pay it. You use it, you pay it. So that is the same exact way that a revolving line of credit 
um, works, rather if it's a personal line or a business line. The benefit of the business line, and I can't stress to you this, this to you enough, the benefit of the business line is the business line does not report on the personal side. So when you begin to use the business line, it's not going to affect your credit utilization. So the business line, the business revolving line of credit works just like a credit card. If the banks give you a business line for $25,000, let us say you don't want to use the whole $25,000. You only want to use $5,000. Well, we know if you have a $5,000 balance, then what do you have left to use? Twenty. But you're only going to pay the monthly payment is going to be on that 5000 because that's all that you're using. So it's the credit card and the revolving line works the same way. Um, another thing with the business revolving line of credit, you can actually, it's actually attached to a checking account. So you actually get checkbooks. So you can write checks off of that line of credit. And whatever you're using, you have to make sure that you have enough to make the minimum payment in 30 days. Or if you're just going to pay the whole thing off, now the funds become available again. So I like to use my lines for quick investments. You know, quick investments is good because you're, con you're continuously able to use that line over and over and over again. As soon as you pay it back, you have a zero balance, it becomes available again. So I like to use my lines for that. So it's similar. Okay. Next question. Good question. So business credit is two types of business credit. So let's start there. One requires you to be a personal guarantor. The other requires you to be a non-personal guarantor. So a lot of people um, DM me all the time. They're like, I want to build business credit, but my personal credit is jacked the hell up. And I'm like, well, if you your ultimate goal is to get, you know, business credit cards and business lines and business loans, then you definitely need to work on your personal credit. And for Riverville, as a business owner, if you have good credit and you are only utilizing your business revolving credit, that means that your personal credit will always carry a minimum amount of debt because most of your purchases are going on your business credit cards. So you got to just think about it like this. Would you lend money to somebody who has all of their cards maxed out? Like, we would not do that. And why wouldn't we do that? One, it shows that you're having some financial trouble. If all your shit is maxed out, I'm probably the last one to get paid because you still ain't paid back everybody that you already are paying. So you don't, you definitely don't want to max out on your personal credit. So that is the benefit of using the, um, the business credit so that you don't have to utilize your personal credit. So if you are going to build your business credit by obtaining net 30 and we'll get into this in you know my future podcast but the net 30 accounts which are your home depot um your lowe's your sam's club your costco costco's your walmart net 30 and all of those store cards and also like vendors like quill granger uline some of those guys so those are considered as net 30 accounts net 30 accounts you can actually begin to get approved for net 30 accounts once you have a paydex score, which is your Dun & Bradstreet business credit score. So once you have your paydex score and you have a few of those vendor accounts or those net 30 accounts that are reporting to Dun & Bradstreet, then at some point, depending on how many of those accounts you have, you build by going from tier one to tier two to tier three to tier four. As you go up in the tiers, you have to obtain more and more lines of credit and the more lines of credit you have reporting to Dun & Bradstreet and the stronger 
your paydex score, the more likely you are to get approved without being a personal guarantor. But that only applies to the net 30s at the store, the store cards, which are net 30s and the vendor accounts. If you want business lines, loans, um, credit cards, you're going to have to be the PG. Ain't no way of getting around that shit. And most banks want you to be at least a 680. Next question. I feel like I'm, <laughs> I got so much like stuff in my head. I'm just rolling, rolling, bring it. So the best way to build your personal credit. So let's see, if you don't have any credit at all, then you should start with a secure card. And if you go to my credit medics page, creditmedics101101.com, you click the link. Um, no, it's not on that page actually, but it will be because I'm rebranding my, my website. But um, if you go to um, my Instagram, my Credit Medics Instagram, you click the link. It's called the Credit Builder Card. It literally costs $200 for you to get a $200 credit card. So with the secure, anytime anybody tells you that something is secure, just look to, to, to be ready to give a security deposit. So the minimum security deposit is $200. And in exchange, we're going to give you a $200 credit card. Now, that $200 credit card... That limit is really, really small, so you only want to use like 20%. I'm sorry, 10%, which will put you at $20. So you don't want to use more than $20. So you're going to build with that card. We also have more credit builders. Um, we have two companies that we're affiliated with that will give you a revolving line of $5,000 each. So just by you obtaining those three accounts, I would guarantee you if your credit profile is clean, meaning you've never really had credit, and you get those three three um, revolving accounts, probably in about four months, you're going to begin to see pre-qualification offers in the mail, um, pre-approval offers in the mail for different credit cards. Um, and then, you know, you can begin to, to apply for those and you'll get approved. And you just continuously build, build, build. But if you are somebody who has bad credit, you got a whole bunch of people, you know, that you didn't burn. You, you owe this bank and that bank and this credit card. You got repos and all that. Then your process is going to be a lot longer because first things first we need to get you those three trade lines so that you can begin to establish good payment history that payment history is a priority it makes up 35 percent of your score so if you don't have anything that's reporting on your credit that's not um if you don't have anything on your credit that's reporting a good payment history you need to do that first so we'll get you those and then we'll work on getting that derogatory stuff off those charge off and those collection accounts and as you see those fall off your scores go up anywhere between like five and twenty-five points. So, yeah. How do we work with me? How do we work with Mozzie? I know. How do we work with me? So you can call my office, which is 215-745-3091 or 215-745-3094. Or you can always hit me up on Instagram at Credit Medics. Um at Maserati Niche, M-A-S-E-R-A-T-I-N-E-E-S-H. That's my Instagram. And then at Credit Medics, C-R-E-D-I-T-M-E-D-I-C-S. Um, and we'll definitely take care of you. We're revamping the, um, the website. So probably like in another week or two, you can just go to the website, Credit Medics 101. Click the link, schedule an appointment. And we service clients out of state. So we're nationwide. We can help anybody to rebuild and get out of that rut. You know, it's time for us to stop living paycheck to paycheck. 
Like nobody, you can't have a happy, enjoyable life if you're stressed out all the time about paying bills or if you got to figure out, should I pay my electric or should I pay my water bill, which is more important. You know what I'm saying? We don't want to live like that. So my primary goal for doing this podcast is to get you out of that rut, to get to enlighten you, to give you resources and to help you, you know, get to a bag because it can happen no matter how bad off your situation is. You deserve to live financially free. Like you deserve that. You owe that shit to yourself and it can happen. And some people, you know, situations may be worse off than others, but I'll get you straight. I get you straight. Should you pay collections off? Well, here's the, Hey, <laughs> here's the thing. Collections. Um, when you see a collection show up on your credit, basically the original creditor has basically charged off that debt. So if you had a collection with, let's just say, ladies, what do y'all like? I like Neiman's. So let's just say I had a collection with Neiman Marcus. Neiman Marcus is going to come after me for about four to five months to try to collect that debt. Once they realize it's not going to happen, they're going to write it off as a tax write-off. Once they write it off as a tax write-off, um, it's a deduction for them when they file their taxes annually. So now they legally have the right to sell it to a third-party um, collection or collector. The third party now owes that debt, and now they come after you, and they may put some interest on top and all that kind of stuff. Most of the time, they don't have the documents that are attached to that account. They don't have the promissory note that's attached to that account. So in order for somebody to say that you owe them, they have to be able to show you that. It has to be validated. So most collection companies don't have that. So you can dispute it. And if you don't know how to dispute it, you can hire credit medics. Now, a lot of people go online and they find these generic dispute <laughs> dispute letters and they're trying to get the accounts deleted. But what happens is the credit bureaus actually operate off of a computer system. And when you when when the um, dispute is entered into the computer system, if it's a letter that has been processed millions of times, thousands of times, it's going to kick back and they're going to say that this, this letter is frivolous. So you don't want to do that. So you want to... Um, create your own letter or you can hire you know us to do it for you and if that account gets deleted if it gets deleted then you will see your scores go up anywhere between 5 to 25 points now if you call the collection company say listen I want to make a settlement if you make a settlement and you pay a debt nothing's going to happen with your credit scores your credit scores will not increase because you decided to go back and pay and settle an old debt, okay? Now, what does happen is the account is zeroed out, so now you don't owe anybody. So now when you're trying to purchase a home or you're trying to, you know, get some business products, business line of credit, personal or personal loan, personal credit cards, now it's no longer hindering you from getting approved because you don't owe anybody any bad debt. So if you settle, um, just know that the debt is clear and you're out the clear, but your credit scores are not going to go up. If you dispute it and it gets deleted, know that your scores are going to go up. Or if it's with a collection company, you can simply request a pay for deletion. So you're going to contact that collection company and you're going to, um, once you contact them, you're going to say, hey, do you guys offer pay for deletions? And majority of them do, but there still are a lot, a lot of collection companies that do not do pay for deletions. So if you know that they don't, you hang up and then, you know, you have to decide at that point if you want to do a settlement or you just want to dispute it. But if they do a pay for deletion, just know that if the balance is $2,000, you're going to have to give them $2,000. If you give them the $2,000, 
they're going to remove the account. They're going to reach out to the credit bureaus, tell them to delete it, and your scores are going to go up, and you don't have to worry about that account again. No more questions? Oh. We got tons of questions. Oh, but we out of time. Got to go. I'm sorry because I'm loving all out of time. It means that you have to tune into the next one and get some more information from Maserati Niche. You want to know why? Because I'm giving y'all, say it with me, financial gain so that you can have what? Financial gains. Let's go. Maserati Niche. You're with who? Maserati. And you are tuned into what? The Niche Speaks Podcast. I'm loving on y'all. One. Oh, that's a lot, child. Niche Speaks. I'm loving on y'all. One.